Hello, this is the Internet and Society podcast, where we discuss how the digital impacts our lives and shapes our future. My name is Anna Litvinenko, I'm a communication scholar at Free University Berlin and a Weizenbaum Institute Fellow. And today we'll talk about digitalization of industry, the so-called Industry 4.0 and sustainability of it. And I'm very glad to welcome my guest today, it's Grisha Bayer from the Institute for Advanced Sustainability Studies in Potsdam, Germany. Hello, Grisha. Hello, Anna. Nice to meet you. Grisha Bayer is a research group leader in the project Digitalization and Impacts on Sustainability. He holds a PhD in engineering from Technical University Berlin, and in his research he explores the effects digitalization has on industry and on its sustainability. Again, thank you for taking your time. My pleasure. I'm very excited to talk to you because I have to admit I know very little about engineering and about your topic, but I find it fascinating because we all experience this immense technical progress with, for instance, Internet of Things, and sometimes it's like a science fiction film where people can already talk to their fridges. And I would like to start with a very basic question. Could you explain just in few words what is Industry 4.0, which is a trendy word right now, and how it has changed and is changing our lives? Well, Industry 4.0 has become quite a catchy phrase, let's say, around uh, seven, eight years ago when it was first introduced. Basically, the main idea behind the concept is to apply Internet of Things, technology, and the general concept on the manufacturing industry. So basically, it's like introducing digital technologies, virtual approaches on the uh, conventional manufacturing domain, and it leads to processes being more digitalized and with the idea that they get enabled to self-optimize themselves and to self-organize, coming along with a huge increase in flexibility on the process side. And theoretically, this is also aimed at allowing mass customization of specific products. So the manufacturing system itself will get interconnected through, for example, cyber-physical systems, which have like computing power and come can exchange information autonomously. The manufacturing system will be decentralized and will get a certain level of informational intelligence, let's say. Sounds actually great. Well, yeah, the idea is pretty interesting, let's say. It's not very sharply defined, so there are, I think, different understandings of what the concept might mean and how it can be implemented. But there are also a couple of downsides or at least aspects that are not absolutely clear. I mean, one of the most discussed issues is probably what this means for employment in manufacturing, because when manufacturing systems get very highly automated and get a certain level of intelligence, this can also mean that people working in the manufacturing sector so far will maybe become obsolete or that the role and the level of power between human beings working in manufacturing and machines working in manufacturing might change. So one of the visions is that manufacturing systems becoming so intelligent, maybe they will be the ones at some point that give the orders to the people working there, instead of, as it's been so far, that human beings define what the machines are doing. So maybe it's not so great after all. And I guess these challenges show how important it is today that engineers and manufacturers work together with social scientists. And your research is about sustainability aspects of Industry 4.0. What does it actually mean, sustainability in this new world? 
in the original concept of Industry 4.0, sustainability did not really play a very essential role. I mean, in the original description of the concept, as it has been published, there are like quotes saying, okay, we will increase efficiency quite significantly, but it wasn't specified which type of efficiency we're talking about, if that's only like process efficiency or if it might be resource efficiency in the sense of we're using less energy or less raw materials, for example. So that, especially the last one, is one point we try to look at. We try to find out if through the implementation of Industry 4.0, significant improvements in resource efficiency have been achieved. But we also try to understand what the global implications of Industry 4.0 are. So looking at how are differences in different regions of the world, how the concept is implemented, what does it mean for employment there, has resource efficiency been improved, can manufacturing systems be better linked to the energy sector, for example, to allow for better usage of renewable energies or maybe even help them become less volatile in the overall picture. So these are different aspects we look into, but we also have a look at the unintended side effects of the digitalization. Like, for example? That could be, for example, rebound effects that through becoming very customized, people tend to buy more of the things they don't really need, or it could be effects like organizations becoming very volatile for cyber attacks. I mean, when you connect to your system, your manufacturing system, to other organizations, you need to open your own firewalls and stuff to a certain extent, and then companies become a bit exposed, let's say. So these are different questions we try to look at. But we also, in a bigger project, we look at the potentials that come along with the increasing amount of data in manufacturing companies for corporate sustainability management. So the idea basically is we want to use the data to make the actual sustainability performance of companies more transparent in the company itself for the management level, let's say, but also for other stakeholders. So let's say you as a customer want to buy a product and there are different options and you're not sure which one you want to buy. It would be great if you don't only know what the price is and what the product can offer from the functionalities, but you can also have a transparent view on the sustainability with which the product has been produced. Speaking of data and data protection, which is an important topic in public discussion, especially in here in Germany and in Europe, the main concern that I have as a normal consumer is if my fridge knows everything about me and communicates with, I don't know, my vacuum cleaner, you don't have privacy anymore, like at all. You are kind of exposed and vulnerable. Is it an inevitable side effect of this development and how is it tackled in the research around Industry 4.0? This is an interesting topic. I mean, not that much on the industrial level, let's say, rather on the consumer level with all these variable devices and smart homes, etc. This debate has also picked up in speed. We look more on the organizational level, I have to say, so we don't really look on a detail level into what it means for private consumers, let's say. We try to find out what that means for organizations in the first place and for employees 
within these organizations. But as for you personally, how do you see it? Would you like to live in a smart home yourself? Uh, well, I personally definitely not, I have to say. I mean, I'm <laughs> uh, maybe also a bit old already for this kind of new vision, so I'm a bit hesitant to adopt every new hype, let's say, on the digital sphere. So I don't use any variables. I don't live in a smart home. And I personally would also make sure that I use a certain degree of caution whenever I introduce new digital solutions. So my mindset basically is I try to be aware that all the data that I generate is collected somewhere and I don't have any influence on what is being done with it. So make sure in the first place that you don't provide any data that you don't want anybody else to know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Although it's easy to say, but hard to do, I guess. Speaking of smart homes and autonomous homes, there is this vision that in the future we will be able to live autonomously, like printing our clothes and everything else we need with 3D printers. Will it automatically mean that our world, our economy will be more sustainable? I think I would be hesitant to draw the conclusion that such a new production technology and 3D printing is a digital production technology automatically improves the sustainability. I mean, there have been applications where 3D printing actually mean an improvement for resource efficiency. One example that is often mentioned is 3D printing in the aerospace sector. Oh, wow. So companies have been able to produce certain parts with a quite complex geometry, more lightweight through 3D printing. And if you think that every kilo in an airplane flies through the world, I mean, not at the moment where planes don't fly, but <laughs> let's say in normal times, these planes fly through the world for 20 and more years. And every kilo that needs to be lifted into the air means fuel consumption, basically. So when you manage to reduce the weight, you need less fuels to get the plane to its destination. So in that regard, 3D printing makes sense. But there are also downsides. I mean, if you theoretically think of everyone having a 3D printer at home, this will, in my personal opinion, not necessarily lead to a plus in sustainability, but rather, I mean, these 3D printers need to be produced in the first place. So it's an initial increasement of resource investment and when you have it at home people will print whatever i mean yeah, right things they don't actually need yeah <laughs> exactly you will probably try to produce a copy of yourself and <laughs> other things that mankind not necessarily needs let's say <laughs> right, so, so i would be a bit cautious i mean it always depends on the context and the application it can make sense but the technology itself does not mean it's becoming more sustainable right maybe it's not the best idea to give consumers complete control over men Manufacturing. Grisha, you've mentioned that we now live in, in a not-so-normal times and we're now on quarantine in our home offices. And of course, I would like to also raise this topic of corona crisis and how it will affect the digitalization of industry and sustainability of it. On the one hand, there are some positive visions, for instance, that it could have a positive effect on our climate. Last week, the leading German news magazine, Der Spiegel, had the title New Start, Der Aufbruch, claiming that this crisis gives the world also many chances. 
As for Industry 4.0, we see, for instance, that the crisis accelerates digitalization. But on the other hand, it certainly undermines economies. And in this emergency situation, governments and industry will maybe not able to spend time and resources for innovations. There are so many aspects of it. What is your estimation? How will this crisis affect the development of Industry 4.0? Well, that's quite a difficult question, I have to say. I mean, I would also agree that in the very short term, probably this crisis will have a positive effect on the, let's say, sustainability performance of companies. Many industrial processes basically just have been paused and companies are probably struggling to bring up the production level to the status where it had been before. So that clearly reduces emissions in the short term. But, I mean, there are also a lot of downsides coming along with it. Some people suggest or think that there might be heavy rebounds as customers will probably make sure they still get the products they wanted to buy anyhow just a couple of weeks later. And it's also very unclear what corona will mean for private consumption a lot of people especially in other parts of the world currently struggling to make an income and get their basic supplies that they need so that might have an impact on the consumption of industrial products as well but there's also a chance i think in this crisis because many companies are currently struggling and they depend on public funding so if the political domain finds a way to provide this funding together with certain restrictions or some visions that they shift the way they produce towards a more sustainable way of producing, then it can also turn into a chance maybe. And there we have to make sure that the potentials of Industry 4.0 are selected very cautiously. So my pledge would be make sure you don't digitalize everything in industrial production, but try to check if these processes that you want to transform may help the overall performance of your company with regards to the SDGs, or if it's just like putting another digital solution to your production without transforming anything, and then it not, does not necessarily make much sense. Right. We're now at a kind of bifurcation point where, on the one hand, we, or, or rather political actors, can choose a path that gives us these chances. But there is also a path with a worst-case scenario. And, of course, we all hope that decision-makers, even in this emergency mode, will think about the long-term effects, which is maybe overly optimistic to hope for, I don't know. Speaking of these different scenarios, it is actually the focus of your research, the future of industrial processes. What exactly would be, in your view, the best-case scenario and the worst-case scenario for the further development of Industry 4.0? Well, I think my worst-case scenario would be that later, when industrial production will be ramped up again, it will get back to the same path as it has been before. And due to the economic issues that are currently popping up, priorities on the economical sphere will be overwhelming so that every decision is basically just due to its implications on cost efficiency being the only assessment criterion for the management, while the transformation towards more sustainability will lose its relevance. So everything that can be digitalized will be digitalized, and this will lead to more unemployment and total consumerism of customized products, as I've said before. 
And that, in the end, will lead to a deepening of the global inequalities. Now already people are forecasting that a decade of development progress in the global south could be wiped out through the corona crisis in some countries. And it might also lead to the fact that the big digital companies like Google, Amazon and Alibaba that were already pretty dominant in the global economy the big winners of this crisis. I mean, everyone is ordering from online providers now and not going into shops anymore. Yeah, right. So they certainly currently making a big use of this situation, but they don't really share their gains and their wealth with very many people. So we somehow need to find a solution that this crisis does not mean that very few companies that are owned by very few people will benefit and other parts of the world will lose out. Yeah, right. It's a huge challenge right now. How would you see a solution for that? Should it be some restrictive measures for these giant companies, more control from the part of the states and the digital economy? Yeah, I think if they need to restrict these economies more, I'm not so sure, but they should have a, a vision and a concept how they can shape this digital transformation in a way that not very large parts of the global society are left behind and that the gains that are created can be more evenly shared and distributed. And I think that is quite a, a difficult challenge for the political field, let's say, but it should not be left to the market only. Right. But you know what I find interesting right now is that we indeed see that nation states take back a lot of control in our globalized world. But this control mostly concerns the physical, offline world, because states are dealing with the spread of the virus. But at the same time, the governance of online world, the digital economy, has got kind of out of sight. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think it has been like that for quite some time. In my personal impression, this is slightly changing, especially in Europe in the last couple of years, maybe. I mean, France has put in place quite a progressive regulation, let's say, and in Germany also the preparation for the European Council presidency that will be led by Germany in the second half of the year has quite given a good focus on digitalization topics. So I think in Europe the political actors are well aware of these problems and trying to make advancements there. So uh, let's wait and see how this will turn out. I mean, we've seen also the suggestion of the new green European deal or how it's properly called. And this also looks at bringing together like the topic of digitalization and the topic of sustainability to make sure this is the guiding path for future economies. The only real issue I see is that the current economical issues are so overwhelming that this might be loose in track and might not be so important in the near future, even in Europe. Risha, and what would be the best case scenario to wrap up our conversation in a more optimistic way, maybe? Well, my best case scenario would be that we take this opportunity of rebooting our economy and see it as a starting point where the flexibility and the potentials for more efficiency of Industry 4.0 are used to improve some of the fundamental issues we had been facing before already so that our industry is becoming more sustainable, causing less emissions, providing decent jobs for a lot of people all over the world and eventually helping to decrease global inequalities. So the transformation of industry towards climate neutrality will be accelerated 
and all change processes that are taking part within companies are a priori assessed for the implications on the SDGs. And it, overall, that would lead to economies slowly becoming more digitalized, but only where it actually makes sense and there's a clear sustainability benefit associated with it. So the global economy would need to be ruled in a way that global digital trades are implemented, interests and concerns of developing countries are taken into account in order to enable them also to participate fairly in the opportunities of digitalization. And in my point of view, these efforts need to be globally harmonized and leered, led and steered by the United Nations, ideally, following the leave no one behind Maxim, so that the global digital infrastructure can be set up that allows all regions of the globe to participate in such a digitalized economy. This is indeed a beautiful vision, and let's hope for the best. Yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed. Huh? <laughs> Dear Grisha, Thank you very much for this very interesting talk and have a nice day. Thank you, Anna. It's been a pleasure. All the best to you. Bye. Thank you for you too. Bye-bye. This was the Internet and Society podcast. You can follow us on all the main podcast platforms. Thank you for listening and tune in for the next episode in two weeks. <laughs>